to the Florida outpouring in uh, Lakeland, Florida, that has been going on since May. Uh, I think it's May or April. It was a hundred days while we were there, so however much that was. But anyway, um, and I think that it's about to end. They're hinting that uh, Todd Bentley is going to be going some other places. But ever since uh, we went, I've just wanted to share more about revival. And I've known for uh, six weeks or so, or maybe longer, that I would be preaching this Sunday. So one of the things I wanted to do, or kind of earlier, I was thinking, I w I'd like to preach on revival, but um, then... Uh, I also was kicking around this past week, War on Lack, because that's really stirred up my heart. And then also, um, uh, uh, I've just been studying healing a lot, so I was just kind of back and forth between those three things of of uh, what I might do. So uh, I've been pressing in all week and listening to the Holy Ghost and just getting in His presence, not trying to get a sermon, but just letting a sermon come uh, for this morning, because I wanted it to be a, a now thing for something that you really needed to hear now. And so, yeah. Yesterday morning, the Lord just dropped in my heart as I was spending time in His presence, 10 ingredients for an outpouring. And then He told me what the 10 ingredients were, and you're going to be, I think you'll be surprised what they are, because it's not the things that you would normally expect me to say, like, well, we need to pray more and stuff. That's not it. So, uh, and some of you are going, well, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, but anyway, I want to read um, uh, from, uh, first of all, let me just start with, we know that outpouring, and specifically outpouring for Alabama, has been prophesied. Ruth Ward Heflin, I could read that prophecy this morning. I brought it, but I don't want to take the time. But uh, we have a prophecy from several people, Dr. Cho, Ruth Ward Heflin. Pastor's been gathering up these prophecies. In fact, I believe you can go online to, I don't know if it's Word of Life Church or Faith Life Church, but there, there's a link between them, and you can find those prophecies. He's actually put them online, the things that God has said about Alabama and how he wants to pour, do an outpouring here. And uh, so... Um, <clears throat> Uh, so we know it's been prophesied for Alabama. And one of the things we've been saying for a couple of years now that God put in our heart was to host a move of God in Alabama, that he had called us, not just Pastor and I, but us to host a move of God in Alabama. And uh, I believe with all my heart that this church is a very integral part of that. And so um, I want to read from uh, Todd's book. Um, uh, he, I just read this book and... Uh, that I bought at the revival because we didn't get to see, you know, we went to the revival and we didn't get to see Todd Bentley <laughs> because he was taking a rest. But you know what? It's not, it, we still got it. I don't know how to, and, and, and then what I didn't, I got some stuff from his book too. I got a lot from his book and then I've been going online and listening. Uh, and, uh, I want y'all to go online to God TV, God.tv, God.tv and listen to the revival, or you can go to Ignited Church, and you can listen to the revival. And I don't know if that's .org or .com, but type it in your search engine, you'll find it. And uh, so, uh, but I know it's God.tv. No .com or anything. I keep putting that in, but the, you know, and it, and it goes somewhere strange. But anyway, if you just do God.tv, you'll get there. And then, and then if you'll go to July the 9th, and listen to that one. I tell you, I want y'all to see that worship leader. 
and her name, she is my favorite worship leader of the whole revival or the whole outpouring. And her name is Catherine Mullins. And she could not lead worship in this church because she would have, she has to have a stage as wide as this whole thing. To, and, and two hours and 15 minutes. And it's like, I just want one tenth. I'm asking God one tenth of her energy, one tenth of that energy. And anyway, so, um, and, and there's some good songs too that she's singing. And we're 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 researching all those songs and stuff, but uh, three fifty nine. Oh, you you don't need to know that. Just me. I wrote down my page number. You don't have this book. Uh, he Todd said this, and I just I know that you know these are things that have been in my heart. He said I've already spoken about the many healing pools of Bethesda, like in John five that I've seen throughout North America and different countries. The grace of God will give us an outpouring of the rains of healing and miracles until the power of God increases and we have a flood of miracle rain and many pools of healing. Once again, great multitudes will come from all over the world to geographical healing centers, just like God did in Spokane in the early 1900s with John Lake's ministry. This coming healing outpouring will be the forerunner to the great harvest. And uh, one of the things that really caught my eye because he said people will come from all over to these to these geographical healing centers. And that's one of the things that was prophesied about Alabama, you know, in that Ruth Ward Heflin prophecy. It said they'll come in trains and planes and automobiles and, you know, they're going to come from all over. And in this part, now here is the part of the vision that, would, that should encourage us, but also make us tremble. When I asked the Lord which cities would have these healing centers, he replied, which cities want them? Which cities want them? I am checking the levels of worship, intercession, and prayer. Their hunger will be the deciding factor. Every city has equal opportunity. Hallelujah. So which cities want them? And I said, Lord, I want them. I want to be a ge geographical healing center. I want a move of God in Alabama. Amen. I don't want to read about John G. Lake anymore. I don't want to read about Smith Wigglesworth anymore, although I admire them. I want these things in our, I want, I want it now. Amen. Hallelujah. It, where I'm at, I don't even want it in Lakeland. I mean, I'm willing to go to Lakeland, but I don't just want it there. I want it in Alabama. Amen. Don't you agree? And so the Lord gave me 10 things that are uh, ingredients of an outpouring. And the first one was desire. I don't want to say hunger. A lot of times we sing songs about hunger and we talk about hunger and I'm hungry for God. And you know that's okay, but there's a, there's a scripture in John that says that he that comes to me and drinks, he'll never hunger again. So when you say you're hungry, it's like, okay, so I'm going to say it different. I'm going to say desire. Amen. That we need to have desire. Hallelujah. That that's one of the ingredients we need to desire to have an outpouring. Desire to have a, and that's another thing let's talk about. I like to, sometimes I say revival, but I, when I say revival, I don't mean that you were alive, then you died again. You know, you, you got dead and or backslid and we're reviving you. No, I'm talking about an outpouring. I'm talking about the rain. I'm talking about a, a, a move of God. Hallelujah. And so we don't have to be, uh, dead to get a move of God to revive us again. Amen. We used to sing a song, revive us again. Do y'all remember that? Some hymn, revive us again. Does anybody remember me remember that? Well, I don't have to be revived again because I just need to go up higher because I'm, I'm alive at this level, but I just need to go to another place. I need more rain. Amen. Hallelujah. So first Corinthians 14, one, I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified. 
I'm going to give you a lot of scripture this morning. You don't have time to turn to all of them, so you may just want to listen. Eagerly pursue, and write them down too. Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your greatest quest. And earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments, gifts, especially that you may prophesy, interpret the divine will and purpose in inspired preaching and teaching. Earnestly desire earnestly desire and cultivate. So we need to have a desire if we're going to have a move of God. If we're going to have a move of God, we have to desire. It's a passionate desire. It's an earnest desire. It's like that woman in Mark 5 with the issue of blood. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press. She had a desire. Hallelujah. So we're believing that desire is stirred up in the church, that desire is stirred up in every one of us. We're even praying that desire be stirred up in the children and in the youth. Hallelujah. We have to, ha if we're going to have an outpouring, we're going to have to have a desire. God comes where he's desired. Hallelujah. God manifests where he's desired. Spiritual gifts come when they're desired and they're earnestly desired and they're sought after. And then we seek to cultivate them. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the desire is a big, big factor. A second thing, an ingredient for um, an outpouring is unity. Unity. And you know, we hear a lot about unity, but... Um, and, you know, we have a thing in this church, no strife. And, I, I mean, I just, uh, I think we, God has blessed us and we've had a, a good church here with no strife. But God wants us to go beyond even that where our unity is concerned. And um, and uh, he's done a work in me about this personally. In Psalm 133, and you know this is the famous unity chapter, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of the garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So we get a, you get into unity and you get a commanded blessing. And what happens is that dew of Hermon, the anointing begins to flow when you have a unity. Well, I think God wants us to go beyond just having, if we're going to have a move of God, and this is, and I, I, a lot of these things came to me because of being in the Florida outpouring. Because in that mo outpouring, there was every nation, every tribe, every race, every denomination, Hallelujah. And you know, and you know, God is truly pouring out of His Spirit on all flesh. We don't have a market on this. We don't have a, we don't have the whole thing. We don't have it all. I'm amazed as I've been reading, I've been, I've been stretching my wings. I've been reading books that people wrote that weren't in my little sphere. And you know, I was so amazed as I started reading these. God started me about a year ago reading some books from authors I would not normally read from. Spirit-filled books but and Christian books. And I was amazed that they knew what I knew. It's like I thought we were the only ones that knew this. And I found out they knew what we knew. And they knew some things we didn't know. And I was like, I've started devouring books again. I mean, I used to be an avid reader, but I got bored reading the same old thing. But then God opened me up to read some. And I read, you know what I read recently? I read a book by a Catholic priest. called. His name is Francis McNutt called Healing. 
Healing, I, it may be called something, there may be more to it, but I know it's called healing. Uh, uh, and I was like, wow, he knows a lot about ministering healing. And so if we're not careful, we get to be and thinking that we're the only ones that know anything, we're the only ones that have anything. Amen. And I got so blessed reading his book. Hallelujah. And just enjoyed it. And, uh, uh, and some other people in the body of Christ. And so um, there's got to come a unity where, uh, you know, we're not going to have a move of God if everybody that comes in here has to look like us, act like us, uh, be the same persuasion as we are. Hallelujah. And you know, um, th- there's, just a, there's just a welcoming thing about a, a, a move of God. Now, the Bible talks about, let me give you some scriptures on this. Um, you know, it's, it's been there all the time. First John 3.14, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. And that doesn't mean just, well, the ones in this wall. We really love them. But all the brethren, they're all in the body of Christ. Acts 10.35, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Well, if, they, if God accepts them, you know, we ought to accept them. Amen? And maybe I'm only preaching to myself. Maybe you are already this way. And then in Revelation chapter 14, 6, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, Catholic, Baptist, Orthodox, every race, even the physically and mentally challenged uh, should be welcome in a place of outpouring. Sometimes, I, 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 you know, I, and maybe it's just me, but I have been in situations where it's like it was, a faith, it was a faith church, but they didn't want any tough cases to come in. You know what I'm saying? And uh, God took me down to the Florida outpouring, and the second night He set me among tough cases. All around us were people that were had desperate healing needs not they didn't just have a little a little problem that you couldn't see they had big problems that you could see he set us in front right behind a, a young woman that had Tourette's syndrome I guess that's I mean I diagnosed her I don't know that's what it was but that's what she acted like you know and she was doing repetitive motions and I don't know and, and it you know it was and then a, 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 a cerebral palsy behind us or I'm diagnosing these but that's what it looked like you know what I'm saying and a, a, a blind man right here we knew he's blind because he had a dog you know it kind of you hear about barking in revivals well one night we heard barking and uh and I'm like oh this is scary but then we looked it was really a dog and uh, some kid was running up and down the aisle, and that, that blind man's dog was barking at him. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, uh, you know, so I was just surrounded uh, by the, the, those that had desperate needs. And we have to, uh, uh, we have to be welcoming uh, to all of this if we're going to host a revival. And number three is a real trust in the Holy Ghost. I just I'm, I was amazed at this Florida outpouring, how much we could trust the Holy Ghost to orchestrate a meeting. Now here's five or six thousand people the night we were there. Sometimes they go up to ten, but five or six thousand were there, and it was like Holy Ghost orchestrated. I've experienced this before because there's been times in our church when we didn't have a nursery coordinator, and I would say, "Now Holy Ghost, you're going to have to coordinate the nursery," and you know He would. <laughs> 
and it would all just flow real good. But you know, he can coordinate a big meeting. And he was, there was not an usher in sight. I, you just, you could, it was too big to usher. You know what I'm saying? And there was too many from different nations, tribes, tongues, and you know, if you'd have tried to usher, you couldn't have made it happen. And uh, uh, so the Holy Ghost, we can trust Him. You know, my grandmother used to have a saying, we need to let go and let God. Hallelujah. And I think in our kind of churches, now I'm not preaching to the Baptist here or the Presbyterian, I'm preaching to our kind of churches, we need to let go and let God. You know, um, <clears throat> we always criticize the Baptists and say they're deacon-possessed. But I, the Lord spoke up in my heart yesterday and He said, you know, a lot of faith churches I go to are usher-possessed. And it not their, it's not the usher's fault. The pastors taught them to do this. But I went to a church and I got up to change rows, to move back a row. And the ushers, whew, it's like, wow, how are we ever going to have a move of God if they, if, if, you, if they jump on you when you move back a row? And, when, and I know a church, I, I promise this is the gospel, that if anybody dances, the ushers are instructed to get rid of it. This is a, a church up north. If anybody runs, the ushers are instructed to stop it. Get rid of it. Hallelujah. Well, we, we don't have that here, of course, but, but, you know, we might have some degree. We can relax. We can let go. And we can let God, let the Holy Ghost orchestrate and have meetings like I believe Jesus had. I don't believe that the apostles were patrolling the area uh, on the hillsides of, 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 of the Holy Land where Jesus was preaching to the multitudes and he, they were... Sit down and, you know, I don't believe that was happening. Uh, the Holy Ghost was in, was in control. And uh, hallelujah. And you know, Jesus had his meetings without modern technology. Isn't that amazing? But we are grateful. So grateful for air conditioning. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have any rules, but we don't have to be under lockdown either. Amen. And you know, certainly, if you're going to welcome every nation, every tribe, every physical handicap, every race, you're going to have people doing... All sorts of things. And they were at Lakeland. They were doing all sorts of things. Number four, freedom. Because that kind of ties in with the trust in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Say, I can trust the Holy Ghost. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says, Now where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So there's, there's a freedom when there's a move of God. There's a freedom... Hallelujah, you know, um, I, I have my opinion about some things about, and, and I found out that most of the time, God doesn't really care what my opinion is. You know what I'm saying? And I was pretty opinionated over flags till I got to Lakeland. And, you know, God just has a way of working this. I just didn't like flags in the church. You know, the flag core and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and I'm not saying I'm all the way there yet. But I'm, I'm started here. But I got there and, you know, I found, you know, that people were waving flags and it was decent and it was in order. You know? And, uh, uh, and, and, and you know how God always, God changes us in strange ways. Cause I was, there was flags from different nations. There was flags from Jerusalem. There was flags. Some of them I didn't recognize nations. I could just tell that, that ain't our flag, you know? And so I knew it was from a different nation. But then there were flags from states and some, I recognized the Texas flag. I didn't, 
you know, recognize all of them. I knew there was no Alabama flag there, but one of the ways God worked in me is he just, this overwhelming desire to be waving an Alabama flag <laughs> came up in my heart. Now, when I tell pastor that, he still growls a little. God's still working on him. But I, it was like, I, it's not that I want to worship God with a flag. I wanted to make a declaration with the flag that God is going to pour his spirit out in Alabama. Amen. And so uh, <laughs> I had this desire, you know, for the flag. And, you know, Pastor, he was getting that. We told you about the Jewish flag keeping waving over him. Uh, <laughs> he hadn't quite got over that yet, uh, but he will. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so God has ways of changing us, and um, I had that desire just come up in me. It just, just bubbled up in me, and I'm like, I really wish I had a, a, a Alabama flag. So we, there's a freedom. There's a freedom of expression uh, in a move of God. There has to be, or there won't be a move of God. If people aren't free, God can't move. And you know, one of our, my friends said to us the other day, we were meeting together, and she said, you know, we were talking about that we need to, we gotta, we gotta break out of some things that we've gotten kind of locked down in. She said, you know, 30 years ago we had to come out. Speaking of the denominational churches we all came out of. And she said, you know what now? We need to come out again. We need to come out. Come out. You know, there's, there's things going on in the body of Christ. And we gotta come out into it. And, uh, God, God moved and some of us didn't move. Hallelujah. And we, we kind of had this attitude of, God, I want you to move my way the way I want it in the, you know, in the, I even know somebody, it's like, I want it in my church. I don't want to get healed in your church. I want to get healed in my church. Well, you know, God just doesn't cooperate with those kind of things. Number five. And one of the things that you got to have, if you're going to have a move of God, is you got to be unhurried. I think that might be the biggest step of faith for all of us because, uh, like I read, there's a book titled Crazy Busy. Most of us are crazy busy. This is not even, this is not even normal. This is insane to be that busy. And, uh, we, but, but you don't get a move of God in crazy busy. You don't get a move of God in, uh, with, the, we don't, there, God has no McDonald's anointing. You know, you order thriving window, nine seconds later, here's your sack. You know, God does not have that kind of anointing. You know, when you go to a very, very fine restaurant, that, you know, yesterday we went to Old Charlie's with some people, and uh, it was to, for a meeting, and, uh, and we, you, we could tell when the waiter was through with us. You know, he came over there and started stacking up our glasses and stepped on my toe. He did. He stepped. I don't think he did this toe on purpose, but, you know, <laughs> he was stacking up the glasses on purpose. And I was like, I wasn't through with that glass. But, you know, we got the message and we left. And, you know, we, we try not to stay if their tables are all full. But there was empty tables. If they had just cleaned them, you know, they'd have had them. Um, but in a very, very fine restaurant, which I have not been to that often, I don't know if I've ever been to one, but I, I hear about these. They intend for you to stay all evening. And you're just supposed to take your time and just enjoy. And they bring several courses, and 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 the, and, the, and there's a long wait between courses, you know. But most of us would be like, 
they need to get it out of here. But that's not in a fine restaurant. They don't do that. They they bring you a course, and then it may take 30, 40 minutes for the next course to come because they intend for you to get there at 7 and leave at 10. You know? Now, I know y'all are all looking at me like a, a dog with a new pan because you hadn't been there either, and I hadn't been there either, and we might even have to go to Atlanta to find that restaurant. But that's kind of how God is. He don't have the hurry-up anointing. Hurry up, Lord! Let's get this over with. Amen? So we have to be unhurried. Isaiah 30 and 18 says, And therefore will the Lord wait that He may be gracious unto you, and therefore will He be exalted, and He may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for Him. So we have to have waiting. And we're, we're kind of talking to our worship team now about uh, being in the presence of God more, and spend a little time waiting. Boy, at, at Florida, they knew how to wait. And they waited and waited and waited. And the anointing of God, I promised, two hours and 15 minute worship. And the anointing of God kept coming in and I would be like, oh, there it is. Come on, let's go. Let's do something with this anointing. But you know, they wouldn't. They'd just start over and wait some more. Because they were letting things build. And they were letting people get ready. It takes time in the presence of the Lord for God to get us ready for what He wants us to do. You know, we sang a song today that was partially true. I mean, it's, it's true, but it's got limitations on it. And it's, God, all, anything's possible to you. Well, anything's possible to Him if we cooperate. You know, it is, He is the, He can do anything. And all things are possible, but with some people, He just can't do anything. You know what I'm saying? And He has to have our cooperation, and we have to learn to wait and spend time in His presence. And we don't get what we ask for a lot of times because we won't, it's like, mm, I want it, want it now. I pray this little quick prayer, I need it, but we don't get down there and, and get in the presence of the God. Uh, God. Uh, Todd Bentley, he calls it soaking. 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 And then another way, way he says it is marinating. We're marinating in the presence of God. You know, when you soak and you marinate, 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 you get, everything starts getting loosened up. You start hearing things you didn't hear. You start settling down. You know, it takes the flesh a while to settle down. It takes my flesh a while. When I first start to pray in the morning, my flesh is not settled down. It's saying, go put something in the dryer. Go start the washing, go start the dishwasher. You know, any little thing will bug me. We, if we left the towel laying out on the lawn chair, it's like that, it's bugging me. It's bugging me. I need to get up and go, you know, and it's like, I have to somehow get my flesh to settle down. Well, if we want to move of God, we have to give the Holy Ghost some time and we may have to give him more than one night, you know, for us to get everything that we need, you have to marinate in the presence of God. You know, I told y'all a couple of weeks ago when I was giving some reports on the revival about uh, uh, the women that, that came, you know, they were down at the front worshiping and praising. That's probably an ingredient for a move of God too, is they get out of their pews and they come down at the front to praise. But after they got through, they just laid down in the aisle. And the whole time Todd was preaching, there, or not Todd, but the man that preached, they were, they were laying in the aisle. And I'm like, oh, what is that? 
you know this is weird you know and we in the in the usher possessed church would be like get them people up <laughs> you know? i don't know if we'd do that but i know we'd probably all be going what is the deal that is so weird <laughs> uh, but you know i as i've meditated on these things i realized that she was marinating she was just soaking and it's like, I think we just don't let the Holy Ghost be free. It's like, I won't, I'm a school teacher. I come, and it's like, sit up straight. You know, I'm not telling, but you know, that's my school teacher days. Sit up straight. Sit up straight. Listen to me. Listen to me. Look at me. Look at me. And sometimes we are like that as ministers in churches. It's like, you look at me. Don't you, you know, pay attention to me. You listen to the word. You need the word. But really what we need is the, the Holy Ghost. You know, we need the Holy Ghost. Larry Lee taught us all these years ago. We didn't catch it. But he said, it's not what's taught, it's what's caught. Hallelujah. And you know, sometimes it's like it don't matter what the preacher says. I'm just in the presence of the Holy Ghost. I'm just marinating. It don't matter what you sing. I'm just in the presence of God. It don't matter what the... I'm just, I'm, I'm just soaking. Hallelujah. So that's what one ingredient for a move of God. Amen. <clears throat> Can y'all see that? Uh, number six, expressive praise and worship. Kind of wholehearted praise and worship. Uh, now, you know, this bugs us word people. All these things people do in praise and worship. This is one of the reasons flags bug us. Flags bug us. Laying in the floor bugs us. Lots of stuff bug us word people. And the reason it bugs us is because the New Testament says that the highest form of praise is lifting up holy hands unto the Lord and the fruit of our lips giving thanks. Right? So that's like, that's really, if you lift your hands up and you, you have to speak. And I believe that that is really true, but we don't want to be like the brethren that won't let the piano in the church because it's not New Testament. Now, I wasn't going to call any names there. But, you know, we kind of got that same way. It's like, don't you wave a flag. It ain't in the New Testament. Well, now, I'm not, if, if you get mad at me over this or you think, boy, y'all sure are mean. Somebody taught us this, folks. We're only going by what we were taught. Hallelujah. But now we're unteach, we're getting untaught. We had to get untaught when we were Baptists, and now we're getting untaught again. Amen. Hallelujah. So expressive praise and worship. Second Samuel 6, 14. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. Now, David was not a down and outer. Like, well, you know, those kind of people. No, he, he was a king. He was dressed fancy in a linen ephod. And he danced before the Lord with all his might. And one of the things the Holy Ghost said in my heart is, uh, it's not right that an Old Testament man should outpraise a New Testament man. Because we know we have more. We know we have received things that they couldn't even receive. But it shouldn't be right that they were more expressive, more loving toward God, more giving of their praise than we are. Amen. <clears throat> Number seven, unconcerned for what others think. 
Boy, if we're going to have a move of God, we got to quit caring what people think. That was one thing that was big in Florida, is nobody cared what anybody thought about how they praised, what they, you know, nobody cared. Everybody was just free. And it was just amazing how liberating that is. It was so, I felt so liberated. I felt like I could do anything I wanted to. And God would have been happy, and they would have been, and people were doing that. People would walk down the front and praise a while, go back and sit in their seat, and, and just sit there a while. People did everything under the sun. And so, <clears throat> with an unconcern for what anybody would think, but the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh not, looketh not, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. You can dress a bad heart up in a suit. Amen. And I'm not advocating, you know, that we all just let it all go, but, but on the other hand, there's a freedom that we ought to have. And you know, if, if, if you want to walk up to the front during praise and worship, you're free too. You might not have been free a month ago, but now you're free. Hallelujah. And you don't have to care what I think. You know, I think this church has sometimes been possessed with, well, what will Miss Debbie think? Because <laughs> my bark is a lot bigger than my bite. Hallelujah. I sound tough, but I'm, I'm actually the one. I'm the softy. It's pastor that's not softy. I know, I'm not saying he's hard-hearted, but you know, he's the tough one. Hallelujah. I'm the softy. I just sound gruff. Hallelujah. Um, you know, we preach excellence. I believe in excellence. But, you know, the first place excellence ought to be is in our hearts. Amen. And we have to quit caring how, what people think about our praying, about our witnessing, about our praising, about our worship, about our dress, about our hairdo. Hallelujah. Amen. Because you know what? We will never be accepted by carnal people. Amen. Hallelujah. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus. Number eight. A lack of fear in the leadership. This is more about the leadership, but I'll tell you about it anyway, than it is about the congregation. But if we're going to have a move of God, the leadership has to have no fear. We can't fear the flesh. I noticed nobody in Lakeland was afraid of the flesh. In fact, I heard Stephen Strader, he's the pastor of the Ignited Church, say, listen, if you have an outpouring, you're going to have flesh. And there was some flesh there. I mean, but you know, I think sometimes what I would call flesh, God probably didn't call flesh at all. And what, 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 what I would say, no, that's spiritual. I, uh, God would say that's flesh. You know, in some places, not so much here, people never move a muscle. They can't lift a finger. And you know, that is a total manifestation of the flesh. If you cannot move and praise God and you, or, and you don't, or you choose not to, your flesh is in control. If you're in this church and you choose not to ever praise God, never raise your hand, never clap your hands and pat your foot, and, and you've got a manifestation of the flesh going on. Amen? And yet some, you know, somebody comes up here and they start bouncing up and down and we go, oh, that's flesh. You know, well, no, that's probably spirit. 
And what we're doing sometimes is flesh. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Praise God. I know there was one real demonstration of the flesh there. Didn't The, the leadership wasn't afraid of it. Boy, we would have snuffed that out in a heartbeat. But this woman ahead of us, she did what at our house, what we call... Y'all, can y'all, we'll bought this out of the tape if it offends you, but we'd call it the hoochie coochie or something or the something at our house. She was doing something and it was, it was weird. I thought we was going to lose Pastor Eric Weston. When it was over, I told him I needed inner healing after watching that. Hallelujah. Woo. But then y'all can, if y'all are offended, just tell Barry and he'll tell Pastor Blot that off the, Tape. I actually don't know what the hoochie-coochie is. You may have a definition, but that looks something like it, you know. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, and that was the same couple that before she did that, they sat there and kissed and hugged and, and, uh, um, it was, and I was like, oh man, have they been married 30 minutes? But you know, I was thinking yesterday about how that was so, that was flesh. I thought, you know, maybe their marriage was on the rocks. Maybe God had just healed their marriage. Hmm. I guess we just need to let God be God. Don't we? Hallelujah. Now, if it's two teenagers, get them ushers. <laughs> or make them show their wedding rings. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Even if it's not teenagers, make them, give them ask for a marriage license, ushers. <laughs> Hallelujah. So an unconcern for what people think. Uh, oh, no, no, I'm already past that. Lack of fear in leadership. Not fear in the flesh. Because we're going to have some flesh in a move of God. Not fearing demonic manifestations. We just, uh, you know, we can't fear. You, if you have a move of God, the demon is, the devils are going to manifest. That's one sign you are in a big move of God. Is the devils start acting up. Hallelujah. Uh, don't do that today. Wait till your other pastor is back, okay? <laughs> and you know, the, the Holy Ghost told me also, don't fear the supernatural. He brought that up in my heart this morning. Don't fear, not fear in the supernatural. We can't fear the supernatural if we're going to have a move of God. I mean, you know, did you know that people are getting uh, gold fillings? And you know, that's been happening for years. That's not even really new news. That was going on in old time revivals and past time revivals. And, uh, but we're like, oh my, I know one, we have a friend. It was like, that is not God. That is not God. I don't want nothing to do with that. You know, he was like, afraid of that or gold dust. You know, oh, we're afraid of that. We say, oh Lord, send the rain. Father signs, wonders, miracles, demonstrations. I don't like that one. You know, whew, don't want that gold dust. Don't want to, don't want my teeth filled with gold. I personally do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They told me I needed four crowns this year. I think I, I want a dental miracle. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, <clears throat> sometimes in our attempts to squelch all these things, the flesh, we end up, you know, with something dead, dry, and toasty. Hallelujah. Number nine, response to God. In a move of the Holy Ghost, people are responding to the Holy Ghost. 
in Revelation 3.20 it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. I think we kind of interpret that to mean that's a one-time thing. When he's knocking on the door of your heart to get saved, he knocks on your... But he's knocking on the door of our heart all the time. He wants us to He wants us to invite him in. He wants to come in and fellowship with us. Hallelujah. He wants to show us awesome things. Awesome things. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are y'all open to that? Amen. Number 10. Okay, because that's number 10. Openness, openness to experience the new, the new thing. Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Well, you know, sometimes what you're calling a new thing, it's just new to you. It's not really new to everybody on the face of the earth. It might just be new in our church or new in your life. Hallelujah. So we could say, oh, that's new. But we got to be open to God doing a new thing. Hallelujah. I want Him to do something new. Amen. Now, something new in me. Something fresh in me. I'm trying to do everything I can to get open. I'm even... You know, I took my flag thing. I took my, uh, no flags down. I took that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you have been praying for this. So it's like, oh, set this to be free, Lord. Uh, thank you, Jesus. You know, I've said to the Lord this recently. And it's true. We've got the Word. God, we've got the Word. And we're putting the Word out. And, and, and I think that a lot of people in the earth are saying this. We've got the Word. We're preaching the Word. We're saying the Word. We're praying the Word. We're declaring the Word. And it ought to be working better. You, have you ever say that? I am speaking the Word. I am praying the Word over my finances or my health. This ought to be working better. And I, and the Lord said to me, well, what makes the Word of God of none effect? The traditions. And we say, oh, no, 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 no. That's just talking about first church. Their traditions make the Word of God a none effect. No, that's talking about me and you, too. We can be speaking the Word, saying the Word, doing the Word, talking the Word, preaching the Word, and have so many traditions of men that are not, that the Word of God's not having any effect. So, <clears throat> I'm ready to get rid of all my traditions. Hallelujah. You know, Brother Hagin said, uh, he got, he came out of the Baptist and came among the Pentecostals. And he said it took him about three days to get rid, to get rid of his Pentecostal doctrine. I mean, his Baptist doctrine. But he prayed one time for a lengthy period of time. He was praying every day. And he said one day, now I, he said he drugged something up out of his spirit, looked like an old boot. An old, dried up, you know, shriveled up like it's been, been in the water and then dried out boot. And he said, Lord, what's that? He said, that's your Pentecostal tradition. And it said, he said, it took him a long time longer to get rid of that than it did his, his Baptist tradition. Well, now, boy, you know, everything comes back around again. We got rid of our Baptist. Then we got rid of our Pentecostal. And now we got to get rid of our whatever this is. Word, faith, we got to get rid of all that old tradition. Hallelujah. Because some of it was just tradition. Some of it was just something somebody thought and we built a 
We, we, we built a castle on it. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. This, this would describe us to a T. I have to, this convicts me. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and, and this convicts me for the whole body of Christ that I've been a part of. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries, and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and have not love, I am nothing. That goes back to, we gotta let, we gotta open our hearts up. I think God is, this is not a word of faith move. This is not a, whatever you, you know, a faith church. It's not a spirit filled. It's not a charismatic. It's not a, uh, you know, it's not even a, a assembly of God. It's not a Pentecostal. It's a, it's a worldwide body of Christ move of God. He truly is pouring out His Spirit on every nation, every tribe. Hallelujah. Every tongue. Hallelujah. Every physical disability. Whether they know how to get healed, whether they get healed or not, He's still pouring out His Spirit on them. Amen? It's like, you know, I think in the past, now I don't know if you, but some of us, and I'm preaching to the preachers now, but it's like, if, if you've got too big a physical disability, don't come because if you're not going to get healed because you mess up the, my, my, how I looked to all my other preachers, my friends, I guess, I don't know. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. Praise God. No, we got, our hearts are open. Our hearts are so open, Lord. Our hearts are open for this wonderful move. I'm going to read to you from a book. The, right after I wrote all this message down yesterday morning, I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to read this little book for a while. So I opened this little book and, and this first thing I turned to and I knew God was speaking to us. This author said, suddenly in my mind's eye, there appeared to be a cloud bank, a cloud bank superimposed across the sky. But I had never seen a cloud bank like this one, so I pulled my car over to the side of the road to take a closer look. Then I realized it was not a cloud bank, it was a honeycomb with honey dripping out on it, with honey dripping out onto people below. The people were in a variety of postures, hands out to catch the honey and taste it, even inviting others to take some of their honey. Others acted irritated, wiping the honey off themselves, complaining about the mess. I was awestruck, not knowing what to think. I prayed, Lord, what is it? He said, it's my mercy, John. For some people, it's a blessing, but for others, it's a hindrance. It's just a mess to other people. And boy, we've heard the criticism about that Lakeland, Florida outpouring. A lot of people in the body of Christ are saying, oh, that's just a mess. But for some, it's honey. It's honey coming out of heaven. And we have such a desire. You know, one measure of desire is that willingness to go and get it. A willingness to be inconvenienced. A willingness to... To, to abandon our previous plans and our schedules and say, Lord, we're going after this. Hallelujah. So, it, you know, we can either have that posture of, ooh, this is wonderful, let's take some of it. Hallelujah. Lord, you're no respecter of places or persons. What you're doing there, you'll do here. You'll pour out here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let's stand up together. 
or it can be a mess to us, a burden. Oh, well, you know, we, we might not get to do football the way we did if we had an outpouring. Or, boy, like my kids might not get to play fall ball if we had an outpouring. And, and uh, uh, you know, well, I, Lord, you know my job schedule. You know, you know that almighty dollar. Hallelujah. Praise God. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Instead, no, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want that honey, Lord. We want it to drip down on us and we want to share it with all the world. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just open your hearts today. Open your hearts to the new thing. Let God change you. Let God change you.